What's up, though? What's up? <laughs> How y'all feeling? Feeling good, feeling good. good. All right. I want to welcome everybody back to another episode of We Still Ain't Got Our Shit Together podcast. I am your host, John Wayne Willis Jr. And today I am accompanied by two of my oldest female friends. Oh, it's been a long time since we've been about three, right? About three? Probably, yeah. Yeah, Or younger, or younger. Yeah, three or younger. Like, it's been a long time. So I want to introduce Chelsea Burroughs and also Jordan Brooks. And I am going to start with Jordan Brooks today. Uh, Today's episode is going to be about uh, being a black man in America and protecting our black women. So I got a question for you, Jordan. Are you ready? Um, I stay ready. So, yes. Stay ready. Ain't got to get ready. All right. All right. So how and why did protect our black women, the statement come about? Um, in my opinion, I think that the statement came about because we saw an uh, insurgence or resurgence of African-American women protecting everyone else, right? And so things like that happen. And when I say everyone else, when a black man is murdered, of course, we're the first one sounding the alarm. Um, when we saw, you know, young Latina Latinx children in cages, we were definitely marching with them. When there was a Me Too movement and you had your boy Terry Crews, you know, um, reporting allegations of sexual assault, guess who was there? You know, his biggest proponents. So you have all these different groups who are suffering at the hands of, let's say, the majority or the majority men or the majority woman or just the police department um, across the nation, and you, we're, we're always there. We're always there to, to help, to, 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 to bring awareness to the cause. But when we have issues, when we feel as black women, and I don't mean, I, I try to make sure and use black woman instead of person of color, because I think that's, we have our own unique issues, so I don't want to conflate the two. But I think when, when black women have issues, and when you have issues like what happened with Breonna Taylor, Mm-hmm. Um, you, we had to push so much for there to be the level of outcry that there is regarding that situation. Mm-hmm. We had to push so much for, um, a Tatiana Jefferson when she was also killed in her home. And honestly, there really was not that much outcry. So we, I think it came about as a, as a visibility of a lot of the, the injustices of that different you know, racial and and gender groups are having, and um, we just—I think we just kind of realized that we don't—we're not getting that same level of support from Black men, you know, when things do happen to us. And there is a need for us to have that level of support, and right. we're all we're doing is asking for it. And um, to protect the, to protect the Black woman doesn't just mean a woman; it means the family. It means the family structure, the family dynamic, the community, um, because we are. The, we the are the, the, the bearers of the world, I would mm-hmm. say. So um, I, I would say that it came from there, and I, I definitely think it's blossomed in a way that it needs to blossom from that point. All right. All right, Chelsea, go ahead. So I, um, I fully agree that the recent outcry and the situations that have happened have given light to the statement protect black women. Um, I think 
if or given like a Christian perspective, like my mind immediately goes to First Corinthians, I think it's thirteen, um, where it talks about the roles um, that were kind of given biblically about um, men and women, and I think a lot of that in terms of um, you know wives submit to your husband, but husbands um, love your wives. So love that's referred to there is literally like giving your life up in sacrifice because it says as Christ gave his life up for the church. So when we're talking about protecting, it literally means like sometimes giving the ultimate sacrifice for the women in the lives of the men that are around. And so if we're talking about protecting our black women, I think the idea about that can also be rooted even in those times, which is, you know, centuries ago. Um, and I think we can draw on those principles to be able to give us guidance, um, and not just us as black women, but, um, black men or men, period, in terms of how to go about protecting black women, because it is the biblical principle that also has, in my opinion, um, social justice and civic justice ties to what we're experiencing right now. All right. I love that. I'm going to piggyback on both of you guys and definitely say that I agree with the statement, protect our black women. Um, I, I do believe that black women are the least protected subgroup on the planet. So I don't just mean here in the United States, but I mean the planet, no matter where you are, no matter what continent you're on. Um, you know, it's been said for years and years by different people. But I think that it resonates now a little bit more due to the visibility, uh, due to social media and things of that sort. But the outcry is still going to stay the same. It still means the same. And that is something that I am glad that I have both of you here for. <clears throat> so let's go ahead and jump in to figure out a few things real quick. All right. When do you think that protecting our black men or, or protecting our black women to kind of stop or, or, or so I mean I know it's been out Chelsea's piece about or talked about it you know at least from biblical time but like talk about it here in our country now like in the United States um, think about black women and black men and give me a little bit of <laughs> of start start spot for you like depending on where that might be from when you first really began to understand it in our country you mean historically? Yeah, historically. Like, you could take it back as far as slavery. You could take it back um, beyond that if you like, you know. Um, but take it back as far as you want and kind of bring the culmination to, to now. Okay. Go ahead, Chelsea, since you already oh, jumped in. Um, I, well, I think you kind of pointed uh, out a time frame that was notorious for breaking down the yeah. family, um, which was slavery. And so I think the challenge with slavery was like it was very common for um, families to be broken up and for the men um, to be removed from the situation in terms of marriage or removed from the entire plantation or area. Um, and so literally by distance alone, mm -hmm. they were unable to protect the black women that were around them. And a number of them, if they attempted to do something that would allow protection to be evident, um, they, they were killed, they were lynched, they were murdered. I mean, they were, they were beaten. Um, and so them doing so was literally sometimes impossible if they wanted to stay alive. And because of that, um, I think that's one of the times in history we can kind of look at, 
um, just because it was so prevalent for the mm-hmm. family to just be ripped apart and yeah. women to be left kind of defend for themselves, which obviously, you know, as we look at history, resulted in um, the brutality of black women, the rape and um, killing of black women as well um, during slavery times, which continued. Um, and I think, unfortunately, the devaluing of black women and just seen as either a piece of property or what have you has caused for that mindset because people haven't been intentional to continue mm-hmm. to be pervasive within our culture and our society. Yeah. Um, if we're looking at like a caste system of um, women in the United States, black women, unfortunately, aren't valued in the same way as others mm. of uh, even of color. Yeah. So um, that's what my mind immediately wants to when you ask that question. Twin. I'll end. <laughs> um, yeah, I, um, I definitely think that, you know, just to, to concur with Chelsea, I, you know, black women aren't valued, but our features are, right? It's Ooh. like they, they want our rhythm, but they don't want our blues. Ooh. And um, so Hold I on, think. Out. Can we coin that? Chelsea they, is. I, I need to coin that. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to stop <laughs> you. That shit was fire. I'm about to print that on a t shirt. <laughs> It's a pretty common saying, but <laughs> I didn't know that. I never heard that before. Yeah, I've heard it. I've seen T-shirts with it, so what? I definitely, definitely comment. I gotta make so, that. That's just fire. Okay, keep going. My fault, y'all. That was so <laughs> hot. I had to stop it real quick. Go ahead. Go ahead. My bad. No, you're fine. Um, but I think Chelsea hit the nail on the head. I think historically, the uh, the the black family unit was demoralized and you know, separated for centuries and we were sold off and we were considered property. And those who tried to keep the family together were murdered or maimed or sold away. Just, just all of that. And so I think the, obviously the, the, the nucleus of the family just kept shifting away. The the mother kept being there, but Mm -hmm. the father was somewhere else. And then that transitioned to Jim Crow and then we have post segregation where we did the black family. I think was kind of thriving, right? Oh yeah. But then, you know, then we have then we shift to the war on drugs and, and and how, you know, the black family then became the target again in a different way. So I I I don't think there. I do give men the credit that there's been a systemic and intentional goal of of dismantling the black family, mm. um, and the black woman has always been there. Now that we're in these times and there's still issues with, with the war on drugs, I think that um, there's, I think that the current climate is a lot more related to black, black men fit, like realizing what they couldn't have before, mm. um, meaning women that who are not black or don't look like their mother. And so there's like this desire to seek what they couldn't have or what was forbidden, you know, um, decades mm-hmm. long. And, and obviously, I mean, honestly, the ideal of beauty that has been pushed through media and everything for the last several hundred years. So I think there was, you know, we started to just see us as women and not, just, you know, it's just like, well, I, I grew up with a girl that looks like that. So I want to get something that I didn't see in that neighborhood, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it can't, here comes a trope of, I, I she's she's pretty for a black girl or she's cute for a dark skin girl like that and so you have that of the you know of, I think of the last I would say twenty or thirty years mm-hmm. and so I think yes I think it certainly started uh, with slavery and Jim Crow and segregation but I think it was 
morphed or it has morphed into another scheme of things where it uh, it's transitioned due to uh, I think even just like media and, and the mm-hmm. ideal of beauty kind of really being pushed you know in, into our into our, our vision every day. So yeah, it, it it's it's bad, but it, it's gotten worse. <laughs> I would say almost it's, it's gotten worse. So I, I definitely bang with both of your um your comments on on that. I think both of you hit uh, a lot of good points. Chelsea hit a point that uh, struck home for me. Excuse me. Um, that when she spoke about um the 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 the, the part about slavery when you know black men were taken away or killed but when our women were taken from us right uh by either the white man sexually being assaulted um being raped being beaten but i think i think i think one of the things that that we forget is that a motherly instinct is really strong right like you you think about what you see even in the wild Mm -hmm. like a mama bear or whatever that motherly instinct is really strong and all of our black women being the the cradle of life kind of have that. And I think for men, especially me right. as a man, um, women have always been the buffer, if that makes sense, in between. So as much as us being removed from the home has been uh, systemic, the, the, the point that black women have always been there to try to protect like you know at the point that the man begins to go try to do something about master or you know rape the sister or his mom or his wife and then who's the one person standing in front of like don't do it like that protection that strength that 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 ability to 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 burden or weather the storm has been you know something that i think for our women has gone on for so long that Mm -hmm. It's become, you know, when something happens so often, it's just like, oh, that's just it, right? Mm-hmm. That's just them. Mm-hmm. You know, black women are so strong. And uh, take take it to... Which uh, is annoying. It is. It is. It is. I mean, it, it is a truthful statement, but it is an annoying statement because it, it is what we call an enabling statement for men, right? It's an enabling statement for us because, mm-hmm. oh, she good. She can handle that. She can bear right. children. She can take woman. care of the house. She's a strong black woman. She could do anything she want to do. She put her mind to. She good. But that's dismissive. That's dismissive. I think that's ultimately dismissive of the yeah. complexity of, a, of of the black woman. Oh, in I general. do too. I do too. Yeah. I, yeah, like you know, I think sometimes like people mean certain things as a compliment, mm-hmm. but like, kind of misunderstand what it is that they're actually saying. I always tell people, and Chelsea knows this. I say words have meanings. Oh, so don't just say things you don't you know it's like oh well this is something you say to somebody um you know oh she's you know you're such a strong woman i'm 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 strong i'm sensitive i'm intelligent i'm more than the, the sum of what you think that i am mm-hmm. so it's right. it's one of those things that it's a it's again another strong black woman trope that mm-hmm. i th- think dehumanizes us in a way because or has been historically mm-hmm. To demoralize, to dehumanize us because we, we don't feel pain because we've had to be strong. Mm-hmm. We don't need a man around because the men have been taken out of our, our communities for mm-hmm. generations. So we've or had to do with or have left, or have and we've had to figure out what to do without. So it's it it's it's wrought out of experience. It's wrought out of institutionalized oppression mm-hmm. and marginalization. 
but and and not being strong is overwhelming and exhausting because mm-hmm. if you sit down and cry, you're gonna worry about feeling weak or looking weak or being vulnerable. Yeah. We are not able to have the level of vulnerability that we should be allowed to have yeah. as a human person and as a woman when we are suffering. That's why medical racism is a huge issue for us now. Um, um, so in general, like I get that that's I, I, I always try to look at the intention of the of the of the speaker. Of the speaker and if yeah. I don't think that they're trying to be harmful, I just kind of just, just will say, hey, it's a little bit demor- it's a little, you know, demoralizing for you to say that it's on the same um, level as uh, as as a microaggression almost. Right. Wouldn't you say so? I don't know that it's a microaggression. You don't think yeah. so? No, I mean, because I don't it's, think it's metal. it's like a like a microaggression to me is like, oh my gosh, you know, you, you just switch up your hair so much. Is it is it really hard to like you know manage your hair? And you're like, is it hard to manage your hair, lady? Like, <laughs> nah, because it's straight. Like, she goes say it's straight. I wait get out the shower like this. <laughs> I'm just messing right. around. Or, yeah. or like literally the other day, like my parents and I were sitting on the docket at Annapolis Harbor and this white lady said, yeah, we should play some reggae music. Look right at us. We're the only black people sitting around. You should play some reggae music. Oh, me and my dad look at each other. We're like, like how you know I don't like country? <laughs> and so my mom was like, calm down. I have, I, she had like a Rastafarian like lion on her shirt. And I was like, oh. <laughs> Maybe she saw it. Maybe she yeah, didn't. Yeah, she saw the but shirt. And was like, oh yes, let's be nice to these black people. I ain't a racist. That are veiled, thinly veiled compliments. Mm-hmm. That's right. not. Why would you assume that I'm? I like reggae music. So, so in that same breath, right? So, when a man assumes that a woman is strong, right? I to me, that's mm-hmm. kind of like one of those things. Is like, oh, I ain't got to worry about Chelsea. She's strong, right? So okay, I was gonna say, I was gonna say something. So I think to the point that you were just making, Jordan, I was like, mm, because it just I just popped in my head that um, I think that mindset, John, that you're talking about mm-hmm. is unfortunately rampant, you know, yeah. because people, I think, assume because we have been forced or have had to pretty much intentionally chose. We've chosen at this point to take care of ourselves, that we don't need help, that mm-hmm. we don't need protection. Mm-hmm. And so the independent black woman is like a thing. Well, this wasn't anything or isn't anything that many of us want to have to bear on our own. Yeah. We don't want to have to do this on our own. And so we want very much the men who are in our lives um, to take up the cross with us and help us out Mm -hmm. because we can't be protected on our own. Just like the Me Too movement chose to be able to intentionally call on men who were honorable, who were understanding, who wanted to be able to be there to stand yeah. in the gap because they had that privilege. Black women want the same thing yeah. and need it in order to be able to continue to have the value that is inherently within us restored. Mm. So we are we are valuable. We are independent. We've unfortunately had to do so, but that does not mean that the empathy and understanding of who we are because of us being so disenfranchised in very many ways mm-hmm. doesn't need to be taken into consideration. It does. And and we need that advocacy because otherwise we won't get it on our own. Look at the history. Oh, I definitely agree. Because Lord knows. I mean, honestly, like when somebody says something like that, it kind of makes your back crawl. It kind of, it's frustrating because I think 
like, and Chelsea, Chelsea and I talk a lot about a lot of stuff, including like relationship stuff. Mm -hmm. I think like when we talk about like our ideal person, a big part of that is someone who we can let that wall down with yeah. and will protect us, not just physically, but emotionally, because mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. one of those things like to just imagine having like the 50 pound armor of a knight, all, all like that. You're just, you're, you're walking around with that day in and day out. The only time you get to take it off maybe is when you might take your helmet off when you come <laughs> home. Exactly. If you out. But literally just feeling like you have to keep this proverbial armor on 24 mm-hmm. seven because attacks are only coming from people outside of your race. They're also coming from people, people in within your race. Your race. Yeah. Also coming from, you know, people calling you a black this and a black that and, and just talking about why you girl, your hair is nappy as on like, making a lot of those negative stereotypes like right. i mean it, it, it was it, it comes from within our community um so yeah you have to wear that armor all the time you literally want somebody who will help you take that armor off mm-hmm. not make, make you try to thicken that joint up so that people won't can't penetrate mm-hmm. right. i was gonna say um i think a lot of that has to do with conditioning chelsea kind of spoke to it and jordan you kind of spoke to it too especially on what we see right and i tell people as a man Mm -hmm. i was very fortunate to have friends before puberty that were of the opposite sex now what i mean by that is men aren't taught how to befriend women we're not we're taught to see women as objects or something to obtain if that makes sense so even for our black women that are around us um i was very fortunate myself um to to have you guys in my life but other women around me i did not see in the same light if that makes sense so i mean it's definitely one of those things that was definitely eye-opening when i had a daughter right so having a daughter is like very uh telling as a man because the conversations that you have with other men that have daughters the conversation that you have with yourself or your wife is Mm -hmm. one of protection right and, and the way that you talk about protecting your daughter should be the way that you talk about protecting every single black woman. And it wasn't mm-hmm. until I had Morgan that I understood that concept, right? I've had you guys. Like, I, you guys, I've always had your back. I'm always here to protect you. I'm here to protect my sister, my mother, anybody that's been close to me. And I think mm-hmm. Jordan hit it on the head one time when we were having a conversation. She was like, you know, the same way that you would protect me, would you protect a woman you didn't know? And I was like, ah. like that's kind of hard to really think about, right? Because the answer mm-hmm. is most likely no, if that makes sense. Because yeah. I didn't have some form of attachment to her, right? But if I was out in the street and a cop was at me, no black woman would have to have an attachment to me. She sees a mm-hmm. black man getting stopped. Something's about to go down. I- I'm already yelling. It ain't going to happen, right? So mm-hmm. it's a concept in which it's very hard for us as men to really understand until you're put in a position to say, hey, I got a woman life. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That I'm supposed to protect. That I hope other men feel that she needs protection, right? And so, you know, we were speaking about the conversation alone was like, you know, how are we going to be available to my daughter 
in uh, and, and, and a protection way that she feels comfortable talking to us, right? Because one of the okay. things I see a lot is um, with black women not feeling protected is that you don't feel like you have a voice sometimes when things go wrong or when things happen or if you're sexually assaulted or things of that sort, you feel like what you say doesn't matter. Not you guys, but mm-hmm. black, a lot of black women that I've spoken to, that that voice doesn't matter. Um, do you guys want to elaborate on that a bit? I was actually, yeah. Go ahead, Jordan. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think we feel like that. I'm um, saying necessarily not you. I mean, I mean not, I'm not talking about, no, I'm not talking about personally. I think that us not feeling like we have a voice, we do and we we sound the alarm every single chance that we get. What I think is that people just choose this not to hear it. Like, there's a difference between feeling like I can't say anything and then feeling like I'm saying it and then everyone's ignoring me. You but know what I'm that's saying? That's the point so, right there, though, right? It's because they're it's ignoring like less, we're, we're not a victim. Huh? And I said, it's, I said to me, it's not the fact that black women haven't said anything, right? So the point that you're saying, right, there is a faction of black women literally that live in America that say, uh, why should I say anything? They ain't going to believe me. Why should I do this? They're not going to hear me, right? So you're going to have women that are going to be out there and they're going to say, yeah, you know, this went down, this happened, this happened. And then it's like, oh, it was just a misunderstanding. You see what I'm saying? And so, right. And so you have a lot of women, I think, that are out there that really have that in the back of their mind that if something does go down, I do not feel protected. So, I mean, I get what you're saying because yeah. you have a lot of women that, that are just, they're going to say it. Like, you got some people that just have that innate nature say, like, nah, this ain't going to go down like this. I'm going to say what's on my mind regardless of how uh, how you feel or whatever anybody says. But I think there's a, a huge faction out there that have that, that, that thought process. I'm sorry. Yeah. And I was saying that the other point that I was, I was, that was a quick aside, but the mm-hmm. point I was going to say is that it sh- shouldn't matter that somebody is related to you to, yeah. you know, I think like we, we tend to relate the value of black women in relation mm-hmm. to who they know who they're attached mm-hmm. to. It's like, yo, you can't let nobody mess with her. That's so-and-so's sister. That's so-and-so's brother. Like mm-hmm. she should just have value and you should just protect her because she just, mm-hmm. her. she is yeah. a, a person by herself. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I think sometimes our value is a lot of the times associated with other people. So yeah. I just want to make that point. Um, but yeah, go ahead, Chelsea. Sorry. So we were talking about, um, you know, um, women kind of being exposed or having, I guess, not necessarily predisposition, but them being at risk. Um, and so I'm from a clinical background. I just wanted to kind of share a couple of things when it comes to mental health and at risk um, statistics. So um, for every black woman who reports rape, at least 15 women do not report rape, specifically black women. Um, Another statistic, one in four black girls will be sexually assaulted before the age of 18. One in five black women are survivors of rape. 35% of black women experience some form of sexual violence during their lifetime. 40 to 60% of black women report being subjective to coercive sexual contact by the ages um, of 18. 17% of black women experience sexual violence other than rape by an intimate partner during their lifetime. And there are two others that I want to be able to kind of point out. Um, Black women are two and a half more times likely to be murdered by men 
than their white counterparts. And more than nine in 10 black female victims knew their killers. This last one kind of threw me because we talked a little bit about like emotional, mental, like psychological like abuse. And it says black women also experience significantly higher rates of psycho psychological abuse psychological abuse, including humiliation, insults, name-calling, name coercive control than women do overall. And these aren't just my numbers. This was an article that was written and posted by um, the American Psychological Association um, by her. Her name is Dr. Jamita Nicole Barlow. Um, she started the article talking about a situation in 1944 where a woman was um, unfortunately um, gang raped by a number of white men. Um, and she pretty much used that story, kind of like we were talking about in terms of history, to just show how, unfortunately, things have not changed. Um, so when we talk about the things of Black women, like being at risk, and then the conversation of protecting your Black women, these are the real results, mm -hmm. unfortunately, of that not happening. You know, there are very many people, um, unfortunately, who are Black women who have experienced um, sexual assault or harassment within the workplace, within the community. I'm a, I am know the catcalling is like, unfortunately, a thing within our society that's norm um, that's seen as normal, um, which really shouldn't be. But all of these things, like the, there aren't, these aren't just numbers, right? These are people, these are names, these are sisters, these are aunties, these are moms um, who've experienced these things. And then we look at the statistics of literally people being murdered, like these women are being murdered as well. Um, and when we talk about protecting your black women, it's not just the women that you're attracted to, right? So it's women, period, <laughs> that are black, um, because these are the results, unfortunately, like I was saying, based on that not happening as often as it should. Yes. Uh, quick question I got for you, Jordan. Um, how do you view um, as a black woman being as educated as you are? <laughs> when it comes to finding black men? Um, I don't necessarily view it as an impediment. Mm -hmm. um, I think for me, I've definitely dated someone or dated folks who may not necessarily have the same educational um, uh, level that I have. Um, and there are, there are barriers. I mean, I think sometimes I, I always like to, my, my theory is I like to date somebody or my policy rather is that I date, I'd prefer to date somebody who has at least a college education mm -hmm. and not just from an intelligent standpoint, but also from a relatability standpoint. I, I want to be able to be intellectually compatible with whomever I choose to, um, be with. And so and not to say that college is indicative of of, educate, of of intelligence per se. A lot of ridiculously ignorant people who are, have very have a lot of a lot of education, and there's very smart people who decided not to go to college. Yeah. So my my really is intellectual compatibility, but also to have shared experiences. You know, we talk and you know about like our college experience and life and some of the stuff that we did mm -hmm. while we were in college. Yeah, like. We, we have that relatability of college. And I think that that even for a college for a black person, a black woman and a black man is very different from college for a white person, a white man, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so to me, I think that's an additional layer of relatability. Is it difficult? Mm -hmm. I think men are often intimidated by my profession. They mm -hmm. assume that I 
kind of, I don't know, I think they're in misguided in their assumption that I'm going to lead with the fact that, uh, that oh, I, I do this or I do that. Like, that's my profession. That's not who I am, right? Yeah. And so I think there's, I, I tend to think that a lot of educated black men tend to like to go for people who are maybe a little less educated. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's frustrating. Um, and, you know, it, it also is frustrating that statistically black women are less likely to, to find a mate than more education that we, mm-hmm. we attain. So it's like, okay, well, we need to provide for ourselves and we, we want to attain certain careers. But then if we do, our chances of getting married is somehow diminished. And how does, why is our value um, diminished? Because we are smart and we have, uh, a, you know, the exponentially, an exponential earning potential. So yeah. um, there's barriers. Um, but I don't let that, I, and I don't let those barriers or statistics derail me and in, in who I decide to date, who would I decide to connect with. Mm-hmm. Um I, it it has been problematic, but at the end of the day, I it I, I don't like when people think that oh you you know why are you single? What's wrong with you? Like if you are you know you have all this going, why are you single? I'm like I'm single because there's I I have a very keen aversion to putting up with bullshit, <laughs> and so I, I just don't. I'm not about to just because I see there's a lot of people who are married and happy and unhappy as hell. They're just Ooh. sitting there. Because they've decided it. to make a decision and yeah. they're not happy about it. Yeah. I'm not. I've been in a relationship where I've been unhappy. Yes. And I have. I tell everybody, I'm not going back. I'm not mm-hmm. going back to that place where I'm just unhappy as hell. But there's somebody laying next to me. That's not. I'm not doing that. Yeah. So I'm. Sing- I think like there's that also that misunderstanding that we're single because we we just have too much attitude and we're, we our standards are too high. But I don't think there's anything wrong with having a certain level of standard that you require to be treated as a decent human being, to be listened to, to be mm. cared for, to be thought, thought about. I don't think I'm asking for too much. I'm not asking you to sponsor me. I have a job. <laughs> I'm asking you to be a decent human being. You know what I'm saying? Like, she said she ain't looking yeah, for no so, sugar daddies. <laughs> what'd you say? I said, you ain't looking for no sugar daddies. No, nah, I'm really not. Like that just seems like too much to maintain. Like I literally would be like, I don't want you to be around. I just could you like I would I'm too direct. I would probably just be like, could you just give me the money? I don't really, really I don't really want that around. So that's not how it works. So I have to like I'd have to like really fake it and I'm yeah. really bad at that for it. like I'm like uh, I honestly sir dinner was amazing. You're very old and I I really can't do this with you. I'm gonna go. You have you you be blessed. Can't I just get it on my own. Daddy. I can't. I'm not good at it. I'm not good at this after, this evening. So your yeah. honesty is appreciated, girl. Look, girl, Chelsea, go ahead. Talk about it a little bit on on, 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 on on your perspective. Listen, I feel like I need to hear the question again because we just <laughs> okay. So the question is the question is the question is. When you're a black woman of the both of you two's education level, do you feel like it's hard to date other black men? I'm just put it that way. I'm, I think I should have put that in there. Black men. <laughs> no, not necessarily. I mean, no, no, not really. I mean, I I, I was joking by saying not in the DMV. But I'm I'm actually not joking at all. So come move, <laughs> really. come on, move down to the south. Been, come on, and move to the south. 
No, I'm saying it's not a hard thing. Oh, not in the DMV. Oh, my bad, my bad. I thought you no. said it's hard in the DMV. I said, come no, move to the south. There, I mean, there are options here. Okay. It's not okay. like I'm living in another part of the world that or country that has very few options. black men mm-hmm. um, who who are educationally on par mm-hmm. with um, my status as well. Okay. Who have you know um, an honest job and are earning a living and are contributing to the future life that I feel like I would want to be able to also um maintain so do i think it's hard relationships are hard so if it, if anything is hard then it's that okay um not exclusive to that but but with that being said yeah okay i think i think that you guys' outlook is very refreshing from some other women I've may it's, have talked to before. It's honestly, it's we honestly angry. angry. Shoot, we all have we have reasons for it. even if we are angry, there's a reason for it. This this, this stuff don't be coming out of nowhere. Okay, let's look, get that. Look, let's look, get that off. I'm, I'm just, not angry. Am I assertive? Yes. Will I tell you what I don't like? Yes. Will I agree with every ooh, stupid decision quit. that you make. No. Okay. Like that doesn't make me aggressive. And if it does, okay. <laughs> Hey, like, we ain't. I don't like the angry black woman trope. We, I'm not angry. I am direct. Okay, stop doing stuff. Stop being dumb. <laughs> yeah, and that's all it really is. If you stop being dumb, I can calm down. I just that's all I ask. Okay. Of people, you know, not getting, hot, not getting hot. I feel it. I feel it. I feel it. But like I said before, you attack black women regardless of if you're attracted to them. Has nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. We we protect our black men has nothing to do with what they look like. We just protect them. Fair enough. I when I when I'm driving on the road and I mm-hmm. see a black male being pulled over or something, I immediately say a prayer and if I can do something I try to. I don't see what they look like before I decide if I'm gonna intervene in one mm-hmm. way or another. Whatever the level of intervention. So is you know is, what I mean? I don't look at that. Like, oh he cute. Time out. Oh. <laughs> he's cute. Time out. So he's is is, is 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 there a president's a president's um among women that you think men tech protect women that look better than others? Yes. I feel like they're more like yeah, they're more like you if you're attractive, like why of course. They'll be like come on, cause that'll be like, What's up, bro? You okay? You good? You good? What's your what's your name? Oh, so it's more like they protective because they're trying to get at you. Yeah. Right. Or they might. Think they might. If that you're attractive, you get, but that's true with anybody. If you're attractive, you get a lot more stuff than people who are traditionally. That is that is that right. is that is a a very well known fact across the world. <laughs> if you yeah. are an attractive person, <laughs> you usually have a better that's life. Specific to black people. <laughs> nah, <laughs> yeah. If, if you're attractive, you usually have a better life. And the key word is usually. Not all yeah. attractive people have a good life. <laughs> I can put it that way. Um. Let me run down and ask a couple questions about solutions. Um, what do you think in today's time could be a solution going forward for us as black men to be able to change our view and outlook um, so that we have that cohesiveness of protecting each other? Other black men or black women? No, black men, like the solution for black men. Is my question right? Is to be able to protect black women or other black men? No, to to protect black women. Like so, the thing okay. is this: no, sorry, black black women that. already protect black men. That's not a question, right? 
So my question is, how can we get to a place where we are cohesive in a sense of protecting each other, protecting the race, protecting one another in a transfer position? I think two things. Um, Accountability. Mm -hmm. You know, I think uh, conversations like this are important because it allows us to be able to examine our biases. Like, Like we were saying, it's very common for people to be able to seek to protect those who are attractive. Mm -hmm. That we believe they have versus inherent value of a human being. So I think accountability is really important to be able to kind of expose some of those biases, to be able to remind everybody, like, look, it doesn't really matter. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) our life is a life, especially a a black female, because quite frankly, we know that there's a certain group of people is often targeted or often not targeted, but often, well, just targeted, but Mm -hmm. often exposed and at risk um, without any means of protection, then by all means, like somebody has to hold another accountable to be able to say, okay, we can't let this continue to happen. I think another thing is value set. Like it's really important to be able to understand the value, whatever the level is um, that a person has in their mind towards the black women that they see around them. And um, I remember reading, um, I think I may have mentioned it to you guys, this book by Elaine Walter Roth, Walter Roth where she um, is a woman who's, who's mixed but identifies as black. Her father's um, white, her mother's black. And she was saying that she was in, I think it was college, around a bunch of black men at one point. And a lot of them continued to gravitate towards women who were not Um, black and did not look like their mothers in terms of interest. And so she called them on it and was like, why is it that you guys are are doing this? What is it in terms of your mindset that causes, you know, your attraction to go that way versus somebody who looks like your mother? And they, they kind of were thrown off off guard, I think, by the way that she kind of came at them because she came at them and was very assertive and direct. Um, But I don't think they even had, I think they had blinders on in terms of the situation because they didn't even realize that their value was tainted by what society had told them versus somebody who birthed them into the world or somebody who looked like that. And so I think when we talk about what things can be done, I think evaluating how accountable how, how accountable we choose to be or men choose to be with each other and then women, how we have to hold them accountable too. Um, I mean, like Jordan mentioned before that a black woman in the last couple of months was thrown into a dumpster, like where trash goes by black men. Yeah. Like, like that that can't be. Yeah. You know, somebody has to call that out in terms of that behavior being less than acceptable. But then on top of that, being able to say, okay, why was it that those people chose to be able to have such low value for this black woman to think that that behavior was okay, regardless of anything that she had done? I, I don't even know the extent of the situation, but that should never have been the result if we're talking about protecting our black women. So value set and accountability, I think, are two things that will definitely help contribute towards it. All right, Twin, go ahead. Jump in. Um, so I think my recommendations would be somewhat similar to Chelsea's in that I think uh, I think there needs to be like a level of awareness and um, self-reflection like, for a lot of black men. I think people a lot of times choose to assume that like when somebody says oh, black men do this, black men do that. People are really quick without doing an ob- objective self-check of themselves. They're really quick to say, well, that's not me. That I ain't never done that. I ain't never been like that mm-hmm. kind of thing. At the same time, 
you also have to figure out whether you do what it is that you are doing that is kind of contributing to the current climate. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think really looking, doing a self check, being aware, I think that's extremely important. I also think it's extremely important to check your friends. Like when you see them saying or doing things, um, intervene, tell them that shit ain't, you know, that's, that's, that's not cute. That's not cool. Mm-hmm. Like you, that's not, you, you don't need to treat nobody like that mm-hmm. and not just check them when there's girls around and you're trying to impress somebody. But yeah. check them also when you're all by yourselves or you hear them say you see them post something that's extremely disrespectful or say something extremely disrespectful because I think I, t- I told you guys before, but in Atlanta, it was at the height of the pandemic, you know, before they actually really sh- tried to shut down. There was this black woman who was in a really nice car and all you see is video is a video of about 15 or 20 mm-hmm. black surrounding her car and then when she got out of the car to try to like chase them off like she literally she couldn't drive forward without hitting them or whatever so when she got out of the car to be like yo get away blah 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 like one day everybody's videotaping it and laughing they think it's funny and one dude runs up and slaps her on the ass so to me not one dude in that in that group was like y'all what are y'all doing like stop this is not cute everybody decided to join in and torment that 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 woman and she had to stand up for herself um an example of what guys can do is even in small instances i saw a video it, it, i don't know how old it was it was in florida this white dude was yelling at this pregnant black woman and this black dude came from nowhere didn't know her from adam but he came up and he was like yo you don't need to be yelling at that woman like that you need to calm down and literally ready to intervene and ready to put his life on the line. It was an older black mm-hmm. guy. You know, I would say like in his 50s or something. And he was ready to protect that woman. And then, you know, when there was a little bit of a scuffle between the two white dude and the black guy, the black woman immediately leaped into protection mode of the black mm-hmm. dude and was like, "Some of the, the police are coming, you need to go. Mm-hmm. Do you, like, we are so, it's so ingrained in us to protect and to protect those around us, to protect those who look like us, to just protect in general. Um, and I think men need to look at what their role is and what their role is in the black family, in the black community too. So I think it's, yes, it's certainly accountability. It's checking your friends, it's checking yourself, checking your own biases, checking your own uh, misogynistic or toxic traits to see whether you are also inflicting the trauma that onto black women that we experience on a daily basis. You know, believe us when we say that we are suffering from something. Mm-hmm. It's really common for somebody to be like, yo, like, you know, nah, y'all are tripping. I mean, we're told we're tripping when we're having severe pains during childbirth or pregnancy. And that's why we're dying at 14 or 44 percent, 44 or four times higher, some something like that. Nine. Than, than people of other, you know, people of other um, races, women of color and white women. Like, we're dying. You know, and people tend to overlook our concerns because they don't think that it, it, it matters or they just don't listen. They think we're being dramatic. Women, yes, I understand that we tend to have a level of drama, but sometimes we're, I mean, try to figure out where it comes from. Be be that, like, place of, of, of safety that we don't have anywhere else. Just try to be that for some one black woman. Each guy can take at least one black woman and be that area of safety for her mm-hmm. so that she doesn't feel like she has to carry that armor around. 
And that, that doesn't have to be in an intimate relationship. It could just be in a friend relationship that I feel like I can take my, my armor off and I, the, nobody's going to try to attack me. Nobody's mm -hmm. going to judge me. Nobody's going to over-sexualize me. Nobody's going to tell me that, you know, I deserved it because I deserve somebody oodling at me and saying all kinds of stuff because I wore uh, a skirt that doesn't hide my butt. You see what I'm saying? Like, it's just... It's or or your shape or your boobs. It's just I, we just need we need that that safe haven. And I think bl if black men are able to be that safe safe haven for us. I think that it would increase the the strength of the black community tenfold. Just like look at the Black Panthers. I mean, they used their black women towards that movement, and they were some of the most vocal and powerhouse leaders in the damn in that yeah. movement. So. I think we need to realize the value of in one another, but also y'all need to realize the value that's been sitting right in front of you. All right. All right. I want to thank you both. Um, I echo both of your sentiments. Um, I want to end on saying that I want to challenge all of our black men to, to have the conversation. Um, not only yes. with friends, but with people that you are not necessarily always with or if you see a young man in your presence or you know that you have young men in your presence have the conversation teach our our, our young men how to go beyond obje objectifying and looking at our women as just objects and to see them also as counterparts and i believe that that can help solve the issue as time goes along what's yeah, up buddy I know my mind. I'm just thinking about something. But yeah, no, you're right. I think what, what do you think about? Tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me before we before we get out. Oh, no. that's for later. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah. So I want to thank both of you guys for coming out. Uh, yes, Wakanda like, forever. Uh, like the 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 Black Panther shirt. I don't know if you can see it. I love Chelsea shirt. That nah, that Rosa Parks shit. <laughs> yeah, nah. we black all day, every day, seven all day, six, five, twenty four seven. You know, it's all day we black. Like, I, I'm not a person of color. I am a black woman. And I think people need to make sure that they know that. You know, Wakanda forever. So, it is what okay, it is. You know okay, what I'm saying? Okay, okay. <laughs> Thank you guys. It's great. It has been another episode of We Still Ain't Got Our Shit Together. We want to like to thank Chelsea Burroughs and also Jordan Brooks for coming through. And we'll see you guys on the flip side. All right. <laughs>